celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, here's the number. It's really easy to remember. It kind of has a little jingle to it. one 405 8405 That's to ask your questions for Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani about your iguanas, your dogs, your fit, whatever it is. Dr. Debbie, she practices in Los Angeles, and I don't know why she still practices. Los She's really Angeles? Good. I'm sorry, Las Vegas. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say that was a mistake there. Huh? Yes. Yeah. She practices in Las Vegas, and I don't know why she's still practicing. She really does a fine job. I think she could move on to the actual thing right now. But she can answer your questions because she sees all kinds of weird, strange animals in Las Vegas. And you do see those in Los Angeles, yeah, too, strange do. animals. And those are just the people. Yes. Yeah, those are two-legged kind. So uh, we'll go to the phones in just a second if you want to talk to her. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Tammy Trujillo, our news director, what do you got going on there in the Animal Radio Newsroom? Well, we've all heard of a prenup, right? Sure. Okay. And that sets up how things are going to get divided if a couple breaks up down the road somewhere. But now in Britain, they're dealing with what's called a pet nup. And this is new. Don't know if it's going to stand up in court. But the idea here is to have an agreement about who's going to get the pets, the cats, the dogs, the fishes, whatever, if the couple breaks up so these animals don't get caught in this horrible tug of war. It's a big deal. So that's kind of cool to hear. We had an author on last year that was, uh, well, the book was called we were staying together for the pets, something like that. Mm-hmm. Staying together for the dogs. And people will do that because they're like our children. That's right. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, there's visitation rights, too. A lot, you see that happening a lot now. That's hard because then you got to see your ex. But I guess that's what you deal with if you have If you want to see your little yeah. furry friend, that's what you got to do. Same like with kids. Yep. Okay, so I can't wait to hear about that. That's on the way right here on Animal Radio. First, let's go to your calls. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. What's going on with your animals? I have a uh, nine-year-old Jack Russell Terrier that gets car sick. Um, she's a real timid little dog, and she gets really nervous in the car. And took her on a trip to try it out. Um, it was about a two-and-a-half-hour-long trip, and she threw up the whole way um, there. Oh, and then boy. on the way back, she was exhausted, so she slept. But the problem is we were going to go on a vacation for about four days. And in the past, we had another dog that we had to put down a couple months ago, and we would just leave them both at home and have someone come in and take care of them uh, several times a day. And that worked out fine, but we really didn't want to leave her alone, and she's never really been kenneled. So I guess my question is, is there anything you can do for the car sickness? I believe it's caused by her getting really nervous. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there are things we can do for pets that have this problem. Um, but you brought up a kind of a good point there is that for some pets, it's truly a motion sickness problem. But for others, it's really more of an anxiety driven uh, problem. And, uh, you know, we can treat for motion sickness, but if they've got anxiety or fear for car travel, then it doesn't necessarily um, help them. So um, the first thing is to really kind of figure out which situation it is. If if the sight of your car or just sitting in the car gets your dog salivating and gets them worked up, then we might be dealing more with an anxiety problem than if they're happy-go-lucky, they're in the car for a while, and then they get sick. Um, that might be more of a motion sickness. So um, first thing is really the main way to treat this is to tr- really condition the pet for car travel. So that's basically going to mean that we're going to 
slowly work up to exposures in the car and probably not take them for that two-hour car ride until they are actually um, acclimated to the car. So we want to start really baby steps. So we get them maybe close to the car. We treat them. We give them goodies. We make it a pleasant experience. Then we work up to opening the car door, making them sit in the car seat, um, coming back out, and then gradually turning on the car with a pet in it to actually going down the driveway. And as we do this, we're only doing little steps. So if at any point the pet shows fear, anxiety, or or get sick to their stomach, we stop because we're not going to win anything by trying to battle through it. We want to make it short, good exposures and make that car become a great thing that they become accustomed to. So that's how we work through that aspect. And eventually we build up to longer and longer exposures within the car. Now, to do that, you might need some other tools to help you. And uh, there's some kind of natural steps we might try. And then there's going to be also some different types of medications that we can look at. So um, if we're looking at a pet that has true motion sickness, I'm going to go for more like Dramamine or a drug called Serenia. Um, Both of those, you can talk to your veterinarian about the right doses. Um, And they can be helpful for a lot of pets with car travel. But beyond that, some kind of natural things that I like to use. Um, I'm a fan of the doggy pheromones, um, those scent hormones that have a calming effect on the pet. Mm-hmm. We can use those in preferably a collar format to help them through some of these nervous and anxious uh, times. Um, that would be helpful. Um, some folks also like to use ginger for car travel, um, and we can give that to our pets as well um, to help uh, kind of ease their stomach with uh, car sickness. Um, and then just some of the basic things, um, which you may have figured some of this out. A lot of people don't know that when we travel with our pets, they're just like us. If we face forward, we're better off. Um, and dogs and cats that are restraining carriers or in a seatbelt are less apt to have a problem because they're, they've got their world controlled. They're not seeing as much going on around them. And um, they are a little bit more controlled in their world. So those are good things. And, of course, we don't want to feed them right before you get into the car or you're going to have a mess on your hands. Right. I'm pretty sure it's just um, anxiety. I'm, I'm pretty sure just by knowing her, I'm almost positive that's what it is. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, of course, I'm not. I don't know, honestly. But... Um, I really do think that's probably what it is. And unfortunately, I've never really taken or there's been no reason to because we could leave just both dogs at home. Um, But I just hate leaving her home alone for that period of time. And the fact that she's never really been kenneled because we just didn't do it that way, I'm afraid that would be pretty traumatic for her too. So we were just trying to figure out a way to for her to be happy and us to be able to go also. Yeah, and it'll take a little work, but you can do it. Um, it helps if the pet is already crate or kennel trained for getting them used to car travel, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be that way. So it really just takes a lot of commitment, a little bit of time, and um, you know, really just working on that positive reinforcement with um, kind of every step you go. I never thought about the kennel. I'll try that, and I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Good luck, Cheryl. Okay. We appreciate your time. one 405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team right now. Hi, Gene. How are you doing? Well, uh, we haven't had, I haven't had a, a household pet for about 20-some years, and my wife uh, surprised and brought home a little kitty last week. And, you don't uh, sound like a kitty guy. No, I wasn't a kitty guy, but I, I don't know what it is about this one, but 
I'm not used to cats being so, you know, friendly and follow you around. It's just like having a dog, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a dog cat. It, it's a special breed that is out there. They are wonderful. Yes. What cat? What's that? Uh, we, uh, dog dog, we have one of those that will actually play with a dog because he thinks he's a dog. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if she thinks she's a dog, but she, she's doing good, and, and naturally... Now I'm getting into her her care, and uh, she has a couple. She has a couple times coughed up some clear phlegm, and that's our only concern. We 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 got her from a reliable source. She had her shots, and you know, and mm-hmm. they they made us sign a paper. We wouldn't leave her leave her out, let her go outside or anything. So, you know. Uh-huh. And how old is she? Um, how old is this cat? About ten. My wife's name is Debbie too, Doctor Debbie. So. Awesome. About ten ten week old. Ten weeks. She's ten weeks. Okay, and she's in good health. Other than that, spitting up. Yeah, yeah. She seems so. She, you know, she can't sleep a lot. I mean, I assume, but she, she is alone for uh, a portion of the day for maybe about four or five hours. But she, and she's sleeping now. But she seems to be, you know, jumping around and she uses her litter box and you know, it's kind of amazing, really. I thought, I thought it'd be a big hard <laughs> thing to get her to use the litter. You're box. in love with the cat. Admit Aww. it. Uh, He's I, a yeah, convert, I, I, yes. I, I, yeah, I, I am. I have to admit it. It was I, I, this is the prettiest cat I've ever seen, for one thing. And it's like, uh, so, like I said, I'm so just concerned. About that, concerned. about the coughing thing. You're concerned about that? And, and tell me yeah. about what context it's happening. Is it after she's eating? or? Um, it's not after she's eating, I guess. It just seems like, it seems to be at night, though, I think. Two times that we're at night, and... She just start kind of like convulsing a little bit, and then she cough up some some phlegm, clear phlegm. Okay. And, and it was a cough. A lot. Yeah. Well, it was, wasn't a sneeze. Cough. Well, she did sneeze a couple of times, but that was the that it was a she was a cough. So I'm, I'm talking. Excuse me, I'm talking. My wife is here. She should have. She's got the <laughs> details better than I do. But no cough, no coughing. I'm sorry. Just uh, you know, it's kind of hard to describe, I guess. But her body was kind of uh, you know. Well, like she was trying to cough something up, you know. I almost okay. thought, like, the cat, cat stare high up hair balls and stuff. I don't know. Absolutely. And that was going to be my first thing, is that, you know, she's young to have hair balls, but because of that cat constant grooming behavior, and they've got that tongue that has just those hair grabbers that basically ingest hair, um, hair balls are a common cause of that occasional cough kind of vomit-type episode. Sometimes a hair comes up, and not every case does it always come up. So if you're... A cat owner that finds those frequent little um, pleasant gifts, whether they're hair or just a little bit of phlegm, that's usually a sign that we need to up our grooming um, practices. So brushing her is definitely very, very important. It'll help loosen that hair. And, you know, she's a little young yet, but we may even want to consider some of the hairball remedies, some of the petroleum-based products that help to move that hair through the digestive tract. And, you know, if we're really good with grooming and we have have a good quality diet. There's no reason that you have to deal with this, but every effort you can make to fight the old hairball problem will be advantage there. So if, if she's in good health otherwise and you're not really seeing true vomiting, you're not seeing coughing, sneezing, a congested I kitty. I did, I did get sneezing a couple of times, but I mean a couple of sneezes out of a cat, I guess there's nothing. How's the poop? Yeah. How's the what? How's the poop? <laughs> Uh, Who it, wants it the we we have our litter box. And, uh, we're going to move it eventually, but we've put it pretty close. And I was commenting that uh, you know I got the I did uh, get the job of 
cleaning the box the first time, so I did notice mm-hmm. that there there's plenty in there, and and it smells. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the normal normal smell of cat poop, and then there's the abnormal. And I would definitely look at the consistency. So if the poops are solid, they're they're easy to pick up and scoop, then they're probably okay. And you're dealing with the average just stanky uh, cat poop kind of thing. But uh, it sounds like, you know, you're off to the right start here. And, you know, the occasional sniffle or sneeze in a cat isn't a problem unless that's a more uh, ongoing problem. So if you hear one sneeze a day, two sneezes, I'm not bothered by that, Um, especially if it's after they exit the litter box because a lot of kitties will be a little sniffly or sneezy after that. So I think you're doing okay there. I maybe up your grooming um, efforts a little bit. I got to tell you, defense, I mean, we've got, we bought a little, uh, uh, there's a brush here, and rather than petting her, she loves this brush. I mean, she loves it. I mean, it's, we've been doing, we've been petting her a lot uh, with the brush. So I don't know. The brush is well, got here in it. But, yeah, uh, Jean, welcome to the cat world. You are definitely fully uh, transformed <laughs> fully, over yeah, to that okay, of the feline well, lover. <laughs> well, we love taking kitty calls, and, and thank you so much for, for joining us and being a listener. This is Dr. Debbie. Give us a call or email me at docdebbie at animalradio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Now is the time to get down to your local Kubota dealer for a great deal on a new Z700 zero-turn mower during Kubota's Gear Up and Go sales event. Need maximum productivity? Want outstanding terrain performance? How about an ergonomic design for optimum control? The Z700 is the new standard for turf care professionals. And right now, you can get great financing, a great price, and great terms. See your local Kubota dealer now. For more information or to find a participating dealer, go to Kubota.com. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7899. Wow, Geico's been saving people money for over 75 years. 75 years? Are you joking? No, they've been around so long that the Dead Sea was still alive. Geico's been around so long that rainbows were still black and white. They've been around so long that kids rode the school horse to school. I thought you said you weren't joking. Well, I wasn't joking about the 75 years. Geico, saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. Shaquille O'Neal for Icy Hot Advanced Cream. I know all about living with pain. After 19 years of pro ball, man. But now I'm feeling awesome. Icy Hot Advanced Relief is the real deal. Icy Hot Advanced Cream has two maximum strength ingredients to last up to 50% longer. Works great on shoulders, backs, knees, even arthritis. Icy to dull the pain and hot to relax it away. Come on now. Advance past pain and get on with living. Icy Hot Advanced. Available in cream and patch. Pain over. Use only as directed. Hi everybody, this is Deborah Wilson from Mad TV and you're listening to Animal Radio. And as my friends would say... It's Animal Radio. 
celebrating our connection with our pets. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. That's to ask your questions about your pets for Dr. Debbie, your dog father, Joey Volani. And you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. That's a free download, and it's brought to you by Dr. Fosters and Smith. Download that right now. Because it's, you know, you could listen to the shows or you might be like a year from now, you might have a question about your cat. And, well, you'll have it right on their phone there. Okay, this story from uh, Westward Village, Texas, about a fire. Firefighters who doused flames in a North Texas house have also made sure the lone resident didn't croak. Yeah, they, they did a rescue, special kind of rescue. They rescued a pet frog. Aww. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. No one was in the house at the time when the the house caught on fire, and apparently they were putting it out when the owners came back, and the owners said, "Hey, my frog's inside." Oh, they no. they went in and rescued the frog, and uh, the frog is perfectly fine. Kudos so, to them. They love their frog. You gotta love yeah. firemen too. Yeah. Okay. You got some breaking news from the newsroom. What's going on in your world? Oh, boy. This is fantastic news. This is all over the Internet. It's on fire this morning. We've talked about these before, these absolutely disgusting crush videos. Oh, yeah. Where you, yeah. They come out of the Philippines. That's where they're being made. And they show all these small animals literally being stepped on by people in high heels. I mean, just indescribable things being done to these beautiful little animals. Oh, God. I cannot watch them. I, I watched like two seconds of one once, and that was it. Well, here's the good news. The people behind them, Vincente and Dorma Ridden, they've been in jail since they had a trial for them in June of 2012 um, on all these charges of, of masterminding these videos they have just been sentenced to life in prison wow yes yes wow and find and find nine million pesos each that works out to about six hundred and seventy thousand dollars each for taking part in making these videos and they also have the records of the people who have purchased the videos on the Internet. And these are people in Australia and France and Malaysia, the U.S., all over the place. They now face the possibility of being charged with purchasing these absolutely hideous videos that I don't understand why anybody would want to even watch, let alone make. But, boy, this sends a message like crazy. That's that great. You cannot news. do this sort of stuff. I know. Usually these people... You know, we hear about all these animal abuse stories, and the people literally, if they if they don't walk away, they get a slap on the hand. Right. Well, not this time. Hmm. Not this time. So, this is this is the best news ever. We found out about this with Loretta Swit from mm-hmm. Nash mm-hmm. Hotlet Hulahan. Yeah. She came on the show and she ta- started talking about this back in what was God, it, two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah. They've been around a while, a long while. And, and if you just think how many animals yep. lost their lives to this this disgust, it's just terrible. But yeah, she's been a champion all along of making people aware that these were out there and fighting to have something done. Okay. What else do you got coming up in the news today? There's an organization in Britain called the Blue Cross. It's an animal uh, charity, and they've come up with like a pet nup, as they call it, to spell out exactly what happens to the family pet if a couple should split up so the animal doesn't get involved in a tug of war. Oh. Kind of interesting. Okay, I can't wait to hear about that. Joey, what do you got coming up? Well, we're going to talk about... Um new um, pet owners and their puppies and how to get them used to um, being brushed. That's all on the way. Let's go to your phone calls right now, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. We have Paulette on the phone. Hi, Paulette. 
Hello. How can we help you today? Um, my older dog, she's a lab chow. She has, uh, what do you call, bald spots on her, like on her legs. Okay. Scratching. And so I was curious to know if that was maybe an allergy from food. You said she is scratching? She focuses yes. on those areas? Yes. Okay, what part of her legs are they on? Because I'm trying to draw a little picture in my mind. Um, if there's redness or sores no, or if it's... It's, it's... it's like white little bald patches. There's no red. Okay, so we've and just got bald it's, patches. And it's like seasonal. It seems like whenever fall's coming... Yeah, and I mean, it certainly, especially if there is some seasonality to it, it, it would kind of chime a bit of a concern of allergies to me. Although some pets with food allergies, and you mentioned that, uh, food allergies tend to be pretty much year-round. There's not necessarily a season to that unless the diet is kind of changing or you're morphing it into a different food or something. First and foremost, when I have a pet with um, hair loss on their legs, if they're itching and they're bothering that area, um, there's some things that I do want to check first. And a lot of times I'll check for skin mites or infections. And those are done with some simple laboratory tests that your vet can do in their veterinary office. Um, because a lot of times, allergies don't happen by themselves. Um, there's other things that come along on the ride. Uh, bacterial infections, yeast infections. Now, if we wanted to kind of look at things and see if there's even a psychological component, some dogs can have obsessive um, tendencies towards over-grooming or licking, and they can develop what we call lick sores. So if we're dealing with something like that, then we generally have to really get faithful about seeing your veterinarian getting an Elizabethan collar on to keep them from licking the bejesus out of their legs and uh, get some other uh, you know, uh, antibiotics and so forth on board with those pets. You so. don't want the bejesus licked out of any legs, I'll tell you that right now. That's uh, <laughs> probably one of the worst things that could happen, those bejesus. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 6th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks, on Route 66. Presented by Ford and Animal Radio, who sponsors Pet Botanics, Canine Covers, Snuggle Puppies, Easy Dog, Pets Best, and Red Barn. The tour travels from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters to support adoption events. Log on to Get Your Licks on Route66.com to see where the tour stops near you. You might just find your new forever friend. There is a movement, a movement to simplify, a movement to find balance. It is a movement that's defined in every Bosch kitchen. Bosch kitchens are designed to be everything a modern kitchen should be. The precise technology in every Bosch appliance was invented with you in mind. Side-opening oven doors that give easier cavity access. Induction cooktops with zones that adapt to the size of your cookware. Dishwashers with a third rack to fit cutlery, whisks, and tongs. And with flush installation, the Bosch Kitchen gives you a clean, integrated, and definitively European look. There is a movement to value simplicity as a luxury. There is a movement toward perfection in every detail. There is a movement toward the 2014 Bosch Kitchen. Step up to a Bosch Kitchen package of three or more appliances and get a 10% rebate. See the new Bosch Kitchen at your Bosch retailer.
At Stella and Chewy's, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewy's product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish, sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewy's dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. When a marriage breaks up, it's the kids who often get caught in the middle. But pets can end up becoming the subjects of custody battles too. Now the British animal charity Blue Cross has come up with what it calls a pet nup. That spells out who will get the family pet if the couple breaks up. It's kind of like a prenuptial. The question now is, will the pet nup hold up in court? So far, it hasn't been tried, and it's not clear if the British courts will enforce the agreements. Well, you don't hear about this very often, maybe never, about a goldfish having an operation. But you don't often hear about a goldfish having a life-threatening tumor growing out of its head either. Little George of Melbourne, Australia had both, and the tumor was recently removed at the Lord Smith Animal Hospital. The tumor had been growing slowly for a year and was starting to affect how 10-year-old George swam. George was a very beloved pet. His family and the vet worked together to make this amazing feat happen. Surgery took about an hour, and George was almost immediately swimming along as if nothing had ever happened. Well, if you leave something behind when you get off a plane, getting it back, that's a pain. Not so anymore if that plane happens to land at the Amsterdam airport's Capoli. Sherlock will get it back to you, no problem. Sherlock is actually a beagle, and he's been specially trained to return lost items to passengers. When a KLM flight crew member finds something that's been forgotten, they let Sherlock get the scent, and then he goes off running through the airport with the item tucked into a special pouch on his vest to find the item's owner. Might actually be worth leaving something on the plane to see Sherlock in action, I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know. If, huh? it, if I was in the airport and a dog started chasing me, I'd run. <laughs> yeah, He's a too. beagle. He's an adorable little beagle with a little vest on. Have He's you so seen cute. the video yeah. on, online no, but I, at work? No, but I would think that he'd be like a drug-sniffing dog and I'd nope. want to run. <laughs> What no, airport is this? A, the one in Amsterdam. Yeah, there's a viral video going around showing him working and, and no, retrieving a phone it. and something like that. You know, I got to tell you, you got to be careful. I mean, depending on what you bring him back from Amsterdam, you maybe think he's a drug sniffing dog and start running out of the airport. Yeah. Yep. Well, see, he does double duty there. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an animal radio news update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit fosterandsmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Hey, it's Guy Fieri. If there are good times going on and you're not part of them because of heartburn, get back in the game by rolling out the Rolaids. Don't let heartburn keep you from enjoying the things you love. Rolaids gets you back in the action fast. Its dual active formula neutralizes more acid than Tums. 
For acid indigestion, upset stomach, and heartburn, get rapid relief with Rolaids. R-O-L-A-I-D-S? Now that's how you spell relief. Use as directed. Acid neutralization may not correlate with symptom relief. Geico presents Strange Savings Stories. Ken Marcus was making a pastrami sandwich when he noticed an odd pattern on a slice of pumpernickel bread, one that spelled out Geico. Ken found himself visiting Geico.com, saving hundreds of dollars on car insurance with great discounts. Later, Ken felt conflicted whether or not he should eat the slice of bread that saved him so much money. But he was so hungry. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Good day, animal lovers. It is time for your resident party animal, and that'd be me, Vinny Penn. Uh, just hung up the phone with uh, my sister who lives out in Las Vegas. She had to go because she was having what she called a play date with her dog. She has a girlfriend who got uh, the same dog, same time as her. They're, uh, technically, the dogs are uh, brothers. I don't know, brother and sister or sisters. I don't know. I never inquire about the sex of the animal when a dog is introduced into a family. But she said, yeah, we're having a play date with the dogs. And I said, well, this this is a brilliant idea. And she said, yeah, she comes over once a week and we let the dogs play in the yard and then we get to catch up. We also have a yappy hour, she said. And I, and I said, excuse me? She goes, yeah, yappy hour. You know, we, we have drinks. We'll crack open a couple of bottles of wine. And I thought to myself, this is not a play date for the dogs. No matter what clever name you come up with, whatever guys this is an excuse for you to uh, get drunk with uh, your girlfriend uh, under the ruse that you care about your animals and then um drive the little guy home drunk I, 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 and i've met her friend Marie before i could see her propping her dog up in her lap and having that dog steer the car yappy hour vinnie penn party animal animal radio Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. It is time for another Hero of the Week. Remember, you can nominate someone that's doing good for animals in your area. Send an email to your voice at animalradio.com. Judy's looking for all of those. We yeah. got a whole bunch of them this last week. We have. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, they don't have to save or help a lot of animals. It could just be one animal, a needy animal that they've taken into their home that most people would discard or look the other way. And that's sort of what our next guest is all about. Elizabeth Forsberg, let's first welcome her to the show. How are you doing, Elizabeth? Fine, thank you. You have uh, two dogs, an Irish setter and a chocolate lab beagle mix, right? I actually have three. I also have an English setter. Okay. What's different about the Irish setter and the chocolate lab beagle? Um, They're both paralyzed in the rear. Um, The Jesse, who's the chocolate lab mix, was um, pinned under an, an outbuilding in New Jersey many years ago in the snow, in the cold, and her elderly people couldn't get her out. The next morning, people came to help, and Jesse had been damaged and will never walk again. And Cloud, who's the Irish setter, was hit by a car in Tennessee when a puppy, 
and left in a yard with no medical help for a week. And Sutter Rescue got a hold of him, and all of us, all the Sutter people, pitched in about $18,000 to repair him, had plates put in his backbone, and he was given to me to rehabilitate, and I got him walking for about five years, and somehow an internal infection in one of the screw holes holding his plate in started, and my vet and a surgeon friend of his took three hours to remove the plates, and he was left paralyzed, so I have him as well. So he do, he has no use of any of his limbs? Um, just his front legs, and Jessie has use of her front legs. I actually started all this with a dog who was also an Irish setter named Merlin, who was a rescue that I had many years ago, and he came down with degenerative myeliopathy, which is the canine form of Lou Gehrig's disease, and so he lost first the ability to use his back legs, then the ability to use his front legs. So I learned with a very big dog with paraplegia and quadriplegia, and that's how I began all this. How do you deal with a a huge dog that can't walk at all or has no use of any of their limbs? Well, if you love them enough, you figure out how, and there's a harness that one woman makes that helps you lift the back end. Uh Um, I learned how, when no legs worked, to lift him physically into a quad cart where I could roll him with four wheels. So you learn. There's ways. You manage. And I was in my mid-50s when I started doing this. Wow. By myself, five foot two. Um, Worked full time, and I loved him enough that you don't give up on your friend. You figure out how. You teach uh, high school class, right? Yes, I've been a high school teacher for about 38 years now. What kind of cl- what kind of students do you teach? I'm actually a biology teacher. I was at one school at a high school for 32 years, and when they um, changed their format, I am now sort of a utility teacher at another high school where I circulate and do many different subjects. Do you uh, talk about your special needs dogs? Sometimes I do with people that are interested and let them know. But I became a volunteer for Pets with Disabilities. That was the agency that I found online when I went looking to see if they made wheelchairs and how you went about all this. I found Pets with Disabilities, and after Joyce followed me taking care of my first Irish, um, she asked me to be their volunteer that helps people worldwide learn how to handle their paralyzed pets. So that's what I do at night when I get home from teaching. Wow, it's uh, that's a pretty full day. And Both two full-time jobs. These uh, these animals normally, or in most situations, might be put to sleep? That's what many vets suggest, and a lot of veterinarians don't know what can be done with a paralyzed dog because it's those of us who've had them, they've learned how, that have not given up, we're the ones that know. And even my own vet, when this all started, um, he watched me, and I sort of went to him and said, can I get a wheelchair for Merlin? Is it okay if I try this? And he was a safety net. He was there. He watched me learn. Um, when Merlin finally passed away, because DM does take the dog eventually, I said to him, now, I've learned all these things, and I'm happy with wheels. There is another dog I would like to adopt that's paralyzed. Is it all right with you if I do this? Because I wasn't going to put an animal on him without permission and he said yes go ahead he looked at the pictures he wanted to know about jesse and i went and i got her and brought her home so he's been behind me all the way and he's watched me learn but a lot of veterinarians don't know 
Mm. what can be done, and they suggest euthanizing. And these animals can have a beautiful life. They can have a full life. It's just they do things a little differently than the other dogs. Well, these animals are blessed that you came into their life. Do you have a website? No, I don't, but Pets with Disabilities does, and they can forward, they actually forward all the emails that come in on the paralyzed animals to me. And I also have my own email where people can email me, and I answer that way as well. Okay, we'll put uh, that over at the website at animalradio.com. You're doing wonderful work, Elizabeth Forsberg, our Hero of the Week. Thank you so much for taking care of these animals that some people, most people, wouldn't. No, and it's fun. Once you know how to do it, and I <laughs> yep. help people, I mean, I think everybody will want one of these animals because this is fun. It's unique, it's different, and it's fun. What would you do with a normal dog? <laughs> I've had normal dogs, and, you know, they're nice, but after I've learned this, I, I don't think I'd be really happy there anymore. You know, I always mention how a paper cut, I'll go screaming and crying with the paper cut. These animals don't really know, or do they care that they've lost their back legs? Different. No, and, and even with Cloud, which is within the last nine months or so that I've been working with him now that he's paralyzed, he has the most beautiful outlook, and he clunks around, you know, and drags himself. My floors are all linoleum, so there, there's no sores. They don't get sores, and I care for them very well. But his attitude is so beautiful, and it's like, okay, we're doing this a different way. And Jessie slithers all over. She's the greatest slitherer I've ever seen. <laughs> Off she goes. It's just our different way of getting around, and I have to be they're careful. They're unstoppable. They really yeah, are. Yeah, when, when they're outside, they don't drag on concrete or cement they're in a sling or they're in their wheelchairs and it's it's no different to them it's just our our unique way of doing things elizabeth thank you so much for spending time with us today thank you so much for having me we'll put links to elizabeth and more information about her over at animalradio.com she is our hero of the week Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewy's. And they now offer the new size of raw frozen dinners for your dog. Chewy's Chicken, Simply Venison, Stella's Super Beef, Duck Duck Goose, and the Phenomenal Pheasant. All in these little introductory packages so you can either have the variety pack or try... Just one of them and see which one they like. Or just, they're, I still think they're great travel packs. You don't have to take a bunch of food. You just take these little packages with you and you've got plenty of food for the trip. Well, you know, dogs have to eat the same thing mostly every day. And we don't. We like variety, so I think of it as a variety pack. You remember the cereals you used to get with the little sugar pops <laughs> and the Rice Krispies? They still have those. Still yeah, have those? those? Yes, they do. Yeah. That's what this is, except it's much ah, healthier. Much okay. healthier. It's the healthier version of the variety pack. Yes. How are you doing? You know, I, I'm still trying to get used to you with, um, without the, you know, the long hair. Yeah. I, the first time in 36 well, years up. Yep. that I've had short hair. 
Looks good. I mean, I, yeah, I could have done a better good. job, though, I think, if you would have let me just do it, but that's all right. So, what's so up? you know what I want to talk about today? I want to talk about new pet owners and their puppies because we've gotten a whole rash of unruly puppies that have come into the salon. Uh-oh. And, um, yeah, you know how it is. And, and of course, um, you know, the um, pet owners are saying that that the dogs aren't letting them brush them at home. And it's there's, it's a number of reasons why. And the first thing is you want to do is you want to be able to identify the right brush um, for your dog's coat. There's a bunch of different kinds with um, lengths of teeth and the way they're shaped and bent. And um, if they're going to work in your dog's coat or actually hurt your pet. So you want to know how to determine that. And it's something I can't do in a um, short tip here. But what you can do is just go to your local groomer or, or um, you know, a pet um, a regular pet store and, and ask some questions, you know, of what kind of dog you have and what to buy. Now, once you get it, what I notice a lot of pet owners try to do is they approach the dog with the brush as if um, they're going to beat them with it. And, of course, you have a dog that's now looking at something in their hand that they're coming at them with, and it's not food. And um, the, a big mistake is they try to be overly friendly as they're approaching. And it's like, it's like kids, you know. When, when your parents were a little bit too friendly, you kind of knew, well, What's going on here? You know, what am I in for? And they're not dumb, and they, and they feel the same way. So what you want to do is just get the brush in your hand, and um, as the dog is sitting next to you and you're petting, petting the dog, get the brush in your hand and just start brushing through the coat as if you're petting the dog. Once the dog knows that, you know, and of course they're going to smell it, they're going to look at it, but as long as you're not making a big fuss about it, they're not going to make a big fuss about it. Once they get used to it and kind of know that, you know, this is no big deal, then you can start manipulating the pet and you can, you know, start, you know, brushing the coat out to where you're getting near the skin and you're able to get the knots and tangles out and actually run a comb through it. But the process isn't difficult. It just takes a little bit of time and it takes time for you to get over that hump so where the pet actually knows that this is enough, it is, this is no big deal and it's part of the um, everyday routine. And it just makes a happier pet. It makes a happier groomer as well because I'm going to not only um, struggle through your grooming, but I'm going to charge you a hell of a lot more because we um, base our prices on size, coat, and difficulty. And, um, you know, exactly. If you got a coat and you got difficult, there's two. So it's, it's, it's doubly charged. Yeah. You know, so it's real easy, real easy, you know. It's a nice, soft, easy approach. There you go, the dog father on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Animal Radio, baby. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. A few minutes back, we were talking about toxoplasmosis. This is a disease that's transmitted uh, mostly through feces, feline feces. Is that it, Doc? Yeah, usually kitties are the culprit there. And, of course, if you're a pregnant woman, you're encouraged not to clean the litter. It's a great excuse to get your husband to clean the litter at this point in time because that's uh, (laughs) how it's transmitted pretty much at that time. Now, we've heard before, we had a guy on a couple of weeks ago, a researcher. We're trying to research his name and his information, but he actually said toxoplasmosis has been shown to uh, make men sloppy dressers and women sex kittens. Yeah. Wow. Do you you buy into that, Doc? I, I think that's stretching a little bit. If people are exposed to toxoplasma, they generally will feel a little flu-like, but I've never heard them having a, a sex addiction afterwards. <laughs> I thought that might have explained a lot. 
Apparently not. Okay, so we'll put that uh, those myths to rest right now. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We have Angie on the phone. Hi, Angie. How are you doing? Uh, hi, I'm great. Where are you calling from? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, beautiful, cheesy Wisconsin. What's on your mind today? Um, I have two. Two of my kids are are having a little issue. Um, my my girl Jezebel, who's three years old, dog. And my, my girl, Hannah, who's six years old, dog, um, when, when they go outside together, if Jezebel sees a squirrel or the neighbor or something, she turns around and she takes right after Hannah and um, has drawn blood on occasion. And I'm really worried about it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have now started to crate Hannah so that... Um, when I'm not there, that that Jezzy doesn't get a hold of her. But I'm just wondering, is there some way that I can break Jezebel of this habit of going after Hannah? So, and you mentioned that it happens on the occasions with, like, squirrels and things like that. Is there anything else that you notice that kind of triggers this behavior? Is it just other, like, little varmints or other animals running around? But if she sees, like, somebody walking past the house... Um, you know, it, it's people, or, or it seems like it's anything that she wants to run to the run to the gate and and bark at. Okay. So she runs. She runs to the fence, looks at it, and then immediately turns around and takes after Hannah. And Hannah just tucks tail, you know, head down and heads for the house. So yeah, I'm just wondering what can, what can I do because otherwise they're great friends. They wrestle on the floor and they sleep right next to each other. They don't fight over toys. They don't fight over food. Good. It, it good. Just seems to be this outside stuff. Okay. And that inherently is the biggest challenge that you have with this situation is because it is outside and there's a lot of variables. You don't always know when another dog might be walking by or a rabbit's in the yard um, or someone's you know walking by the fence line. That's really right. hard to predict. And in order to train against this behavior, it's basically a redirected aggression problem um, is kind of the definition of what you're having. She gets anxiety, she gets kind of worked up, and she looks around, and, and the object she's actually interested in is unattainable. She can't get there. So she looks, right. and Hannah is the closest object, so she's actually being the brunt of, um, receiving the brunt of all of that. So the okay. hard thing is, as long as those two dogs are in that same environment and we don't do anything to change that, you're going to have that same pattern. Um, okay. now keeping, keeping Hannah locked up or, um, you know, away, yeah, that, that's one way to keep the event from happening, but it, it's not going to really address, um, the issue for, for Jezebel. And that is that when those situations are going on, there's a lot of anxiety that she's feeling. And um, to try to work with that, um, we really need to actually kind of limit the access and be able to control and direct her behavior during those um, episodes. So that makes it tough. So if you're not around and you can't directly supervise those interactions outside, whew, you know, I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to have to keep her inside to where you can supervise her and then spend some time outside with uh, maybe a halter leash, a gentle lead type halter on her uh-huh. on her snout where you can uh-huh. maintain control of her and almost kind of sit there and wait for something to happen and we don't want you to get in the middle of it but we do want right. to be able to direct um, with good behaviors practice obedience um, to try to give her something to focus on rather than you know someone near the fence line or an animal and you know this is something you can work on in practice um, 
in the in the yard and not wait for someone to come walking by the gate or something. Um, but uh, as long as we're not taking control of that situation, I, I think you're going to really have a hard time with us. Um, and it's it's so funny to me because Jezebel's been through the the AKC uh, Good Citizen you know program. She passed with Aww. flying colors. <laughs> You know, so I I don't know why all of a sudden we had a really bad incident. They were kenneled um, over Memorial Day weekend, and the the kennel put them both in the same kennel, mm-hmm. and there were lots of other dogs there. And she uh-huh. really, Jesse really got a hold of Hannah. So I don't know yeah. if that was the start of it. You know, it, that sounds pretty suspicious, and, and, and that's not all that unusual. And um, I do see that with some pets that even are kindled in my office here. They may get along great at home, but with kind of the higher anxiety, the barking, seeing other animals walk by their enclosures, um, it can be upsetting. And sometimes that's what kind of starts that direction to say, I'm going to bite this dog with me in my kennel versus that dog that I want to kind of look at and investigate out there. So, you know, you, you may have kind of hit the core there. That might be at least part of maybe where some of this, uh, you know, kind of gets the explanation where it occurred. Um, There are some, you know, situations where I will use some behavior medicines to help work with that anxiety. Um, So I would get yourself in touch with your local veterinarian or a good um, dog trainer um, because this would be something that um, I think you're going to probably need to have some practice sessions with and kind of practice some of the ways of dealing with this, you know, practicing the basic obedience and just making sure that we're taking control of, of her behavior at those opportunities. You can get through this, but uh, it's 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 kind of like the uh, yeah. little sibling syndrome. Because <laughs> they're, I mean, they are. Oh my gosh, they are my everything, and I don't want anything bad to happen to either one. I don't want to have to get rid of anybody. So there's got to be. A- Absolutely. And, and you can work through this. It's just the biggest part with with some of these behavior problems, it takes a lot of effort on the training end. So, um, you know, there's never an easy solution, but there is a solution um, with, um, you know, practice, a lot of training, and then, you know, maybe seeing about, uh, you know, some of the things like the pheromones um, that we use in dog collars um, that can help to kind of decrease her anxiety and okay. uh, maybe use that in conjunction with an anxiety medicine to kind of help her through this training. Great. Great. Thank you so much. Okay. My pleasure. Thanks for the call. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your Dream Team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Uh, we're here to answer your questions about your pets, and there's several ways you can ask them. You can call toll-free right now, 1-866-405-8405, or you can download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry and ask your questions directly from the app. You lucky dog, you. Tammy Trujillo, working hard in the newsroom. What do you got going on over there? Okay, well, how many of us have not thought about having a chimpanzee as a pet? Uh, <laughs> I think we, we all have, right? Yeah. Because they're fantastic. And you remember years and years ago at a big radio station party back in our past. Oh, yes. Bub- you remember? Yes. Bubbles, Michael Jackson's chimp was actually my date. Yes, I do remember that. I was One of the I, best I, dates I, I've ever had. I remember seeing that and thinking that your taste in men was a little off. 
center. But, you know. Oh, hey. see, and I looked at it and thought she had the best taste in men. I wanted to make that long-term relationship, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, so what about work out. What about the chimps? <laughs> okay, well, back to that story. Actually, we've all thought about having a chimp as, as a pet because they are so darn cute. However... A study done in Chicago at the Lincoln Park Zoo says if we do that, we are actually doing that chimp irreparable harm that they may never be able to recover from. Ooh. You see, Judy won't let me get a chimp because it's too accurate when it throws its poop. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, they're they very good it. at poop throwing. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Let's go answer your questions first. Toll free, one 405 8405 And I do believe we're taking some more calls here. Um, and Diane, is Diane on the phone? Yes, hi, Dr. Debbie. Hi, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Um, I'm having trouble with my German Shepherds. I have two. A female who just turned two in February and a male who is eight months old. Uh, we got the, we got the second dog, the male, uh, because the first dog was, began wandering, um, running away a couple times a week as far as she could possibly go. Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it, it seems to have been, getting the mail did not, um, help. It actually made it worse. Now they're partners in crime and they run every chance they get. Um, oh, no. if we turn our back for one minute, they are gone. We have six acres of land. We've put up a physical fence and they jump, they jump it and we put a, that now we put electric fencing in okay. the physical fence and they still jump it. Um, and How we don't know what to the do. Fence? How high? Yeah. The fence is four feet high. Oh, well, now that's not a very uh, high fence for a German Shepherd, so well, so that, you know, that I could definitely... You're right. I, my, but my hope was once that they we put the fence up, that, that they'd see it and go, oh, okay, well, we're just going to have to make do with these six acres. Okay. But that's not the so, case. <laughs> that didn't now, happen. With your electric fence, is this one of the invisible fences that are in the perimeter and that warn the dog? Yes. Or is it actually a shock fence? Um, it does both. It warns and then shocks. Okay. All righty. Well, the hard thing is here, and I, I guess the other thing I want to ask is, um, are your pets both spayed and neutered? Yes. Okay, good, because that definitely goes a long way for the average dog in decreasing the desire to roam. Now, the challenge is, is that um, you kind of hit upon it, that these two are hooligans, and they're having a blast. They're having like a Thelma and Louise time out, and... Um, the rewards of jumping that fence and going out and exploring are so huge. And it's really hard to make that an aversive event, even with shock fences. And I have had veterinary colleagues whose own dogs jump through fences that have that shock, and it's just they expect it, and um, it really isn't a deterrent. Um, so we have to look at it in a different way. Um, if you do have the ability to use the invisible fence um, in, a, in a little bit closer perimeter that it can correct them before they get to the fence um, that might be helpful but in your situation that fence is really not a very um, high barrier for them and that really is just kind of like stepping over a a small wall for them so the tough thing is that I tell you is fence jumping is very hard to stop because it is a fun playful self-rewarding behavior so you're so really um, I I do advise if you can't get those physical barriers to change, uh, taller fences, um, or if the invisible fences don't work, then it really does become the best hope for the pets to have them as an indoor lifestyle. Oh, um, God, they would hate that, though. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, if you have um, one of the dogs outside, is there a difference? Uh, you know, yes. Do they look for their buddy and wait for yes. them? <laughs> yes. The, the female will not go without the male. And she was, she was the one oh. who was doing it in the first place. That's the reason we got the male. The male will jump the fence, but he won't run away. He'll run around to the front door. He'll stay on okay. the property. Okay. So yeah. we, we have tried that, letting them out separately. But, the, you know, they're both puppies. They love to play. It breaks my heart. We can't afford to get another fence and put it up. I mean, it was thousands mm-hmm. of dollars to fence oh, God, in, yeah. you know, yeah. a couple of acres of our land. Um, I'm, I'm hope- Is this something we can hope they'll grow out of? No, not really. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. What about- I'm, I'm like doom and gloom here today for you. Uh, but, so that's um, okay. because it's reality. <laughs> Yeah, because this is a fun, rewarding experience. Um, I I would not uh, I- unless we can make things in their yard more fun and more enjoyable. Um, that behavior is very likely to continue, um, and that's where um, truly I don't want to say giving up and making them indoor dogs, but when they're not supervised, it's really the safest thing for them, and the best way to prevent them from having that reward of jumping the fence and going to explore. Now, definitely, I would want to make sure we keep their world interesting so you know get them lots of exercise um i don't know if you have horses you know go out on runs and have them go following a bike or while you're out horseback riding if we can get them tired get them mentally stimulated in their own surroundings we might not have as much the chance of them wanting to leave and jump the fence but um you know there's there's no guarantee that we're going to be able to correct this behavior so can i ask another question um, sure, this is about ahead. the same issue. Is there? Is it possible if I were to talk to my vet? I mean, I I I feel I'm not a dog that they have a simulating environment. They have two children to play with. They have lots of toys. They have lots of land. Um, mm-hmm. They have each other. Is this? Could this be a case of doggy ADD? Is there medication that will keep yeah. them from wanting to wander and keep them from you know needing this extra stimulation? There, there can be dogs that have an anxiety component to um, jumping from a yard, but it's usually more of a fearful anxiety. It's not more like a I'm just bored and I just want to like have fun kind of thing. So I don't think that in- or behavior medications are going to be very useful for you. You know, it really does fall more into the situations of a, a pet that is spooked, frightened, or feels like they need to get away in some way. And yes, in those situations, I will go to those types of things. But in your situation, you know, what's stimulating to us is, is different for a dog. You know, we don't really know. We don't understand what um, what goals they have. Um, digging in the yard may be great fun. Playing with the kids may be okay fun. So it's, you know, it's a, the mindset of the dog. And uh, I, I need when a, they get out, they chase deer and all kinds of wonderful things. Absolutely, and that is just so much fun for dogs. So, okay. <laughs> so sorry um, to give you the bad news there, Diane. And well, uh, that's, okay. that's okay. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. This is Dr. Debbie at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks, Dr. Debbie. I got a question for you about my about five and a half year old golden doodle. righty. what you got? Had, well, he had PPLO surgery about six weeks ago. And I was wondering how soon is too soon to, you know, let him go to the groomer and get himself cleaned up. He's kind of a, getting to be a stinky little fella. 
T-L-O. So I'm going to have to explain for Hal. TPLO yes, surgery. Yeah. <laughs> you were, I knew that question was coming. TPLO surgery is done for dogs that have a ruptured cruciate ligament, uh, which is one of the major ligaments in the knee. So just like a football player that blows out their knee, taking that turn and making that catch, dogs jumping oh. off a couch or catching a frisbee can blow out the knee the same way. Okay. So, um, so your doggy ruptured that. Now, how's he getting along post-surgery at this time? You know, the next day he actually walked out of the vet underneath his own power and he's wow. been doing great. The hardest thing is keeping him, him calm. He wants to jump on everything and uh, uh-huh. I've got to, yeah, it's, that's the hardest part of it. He amazingly is doing well. He did rip out all his stitches after seven days, but, or oh. staples, I should say. I'm not surprised. Dogs. He may have what we term uh, goofy retriever syndrome. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I've coined that because I have one myself. He's a goofy retriever. Um, yeah, prone to just trouble. Uh, are you having difficulty keeping him from doing things at this point now, huh? Yeah, we really are. Um, we had taken our, our half of our bed and put it downstairs as to keep him off the stairs, you know, and stuff uh-huh. like that. But now we are walking him up the stairs on the lead. We've never had to harness his back, but we are having a hard time keeping him down. Like when he sees other dogs out the window, he wants to run around the living room. Kind of hard to slow him down. Yeah. And when he wants to go real fast, he just lifts the leg up and then hops around on three. It's kind of hysterical, but, you know. <laughs> he takes the, the slow leg out from underneath him, and then he can really move. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's go fast mode. Yeah. Well, with a dog that recovers from a TPLO surgery, normally the healing time we're looking at about two to three months out. And about eight weeks after the surgery is when ideally we ought to get an x-ray to see how the bone is healing um, because there is a mm-hmm. plate involved with that. And we want to make sure that there's good healing callus of that bone there. Um, that might make some difference in whether or not we want to give you a kind of free reign to get into some of the grooming activities. Um, I'd have to say, because he has goofy retriever syndrome, then, you know, we might push that back as far as we can for your typical standard type grooming. Um, that being said, there are some dogs that I have to get some kind of grooming done, whether they're just stinky, dirty from, you know, being post-surgery or what have you. If we do have to get him to a groomer or do a home bathing, there are some precautions that I would do. And, and one is to use a non-stick uh, mat in the bathing tub um, because that's very important. We don't want him slipping and losing his foot in any way um, and jumping in and out of a tub is a horrible thing for a dog after this type of surgery so if possible we'd try to either do this um, I, I even bathe some dogs um, in our dog runs at the office um, where we don't have to even worry about the up and down and that helps to kind of make us feel better about that whole experience and then uh, you know know your dog and know your groomer um, if if it seems like it's a something that they can pull off without risk of injury um, you know then it may be okay but uh, for a lot of these really uh, silly uh, exuberant uh, retrievers I, I would push off the the true grooming until we're cleared by the doctor that everything's healed okay no that that sounds good you know I could deal with most of it it's just his face is getting kind of crusty and I wasn't sure how to handle that <laughs> Getting all stiff and- My dogs, they love a good hot rag on their face, and I call it the doggy spa. So they come and they get the hot, warm <laughs> towels, and I put on their face, and they push and shove and push their way up. They get their ears clean and get the doggy spa. So, you know, even something as simple as that may make uh, make him feel good. And, you know, just like us, yeah. you got to look good to feel good. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, 
you know, and consequently, Dr. Debbie, this is the one I called you on about two and a half months ago that I wanted to get a second opinion on him. I thought it was a bad diagnosis, and it did turn out that it was. You were right. I'm glad I did. I did go get that second opinion, and I'm glad awesome. I did. Great to hear Isn't she it. the well, best good. doctor around? That's why we... Come, oh. come here. Give me a... All right. Thank you. He's giving me noogies here. A lot of love in the room right now. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio is underwritten by Natural Balance Pet Foods, the finest food and treats you can buy for your pet. No matter which formula of Natural Balance Pet Food or solution-oriented treat you choose, it will truly be the food for a lifetime and a treat to treat them right. Visit naturalbalanceinc.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Jimmy Van Patten, and I'm here to talk to you about our solution-oriented treats for cats and dogs. Natural Balance Pet Foods offers several nutritious treat formulas with tasty solutions for pets. Our treats feature unique ingredients like venison, duck, and salmon, accented with cranberries and pumpkin, and offer grain-free options. At Natural Balance, our philosophy is to provide pets and their owners the food for a lifetime. Natural Balance treats truly treat them right. For more information, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. Now is the time to get down to your local Kubota dealer for a great deal on a new Z700 zero-turn mower during Kubota's Gear Up and Go sales event. Need maximum productivity? Want outstanding terrain performance? How about an ergonomic design for optimum control? The Z700 is the new standard for turf care professionals. And right now, you can get great financing, a great price, and great terms. See your local Kubota dealer now. For more information or to find a participating dealer, go to Kubota.com. I would like to invite you to participate in a brief survey on personal values. I'll make a statement, and you simply think agree or disagree. Ready? Here we go. Statement one. My life is complicated, so I appreciate simplicity. Agree or disagree? Two. I tend to make my own decisions, which may or may not be the popular ones. Three. When buying luxury products, I don't mind paying for the best, but I hate to overpay. Four. I value both form and function. And five. I value pure, clean design. Now, if you agreed with these statements, you are the type of person for whom the 2014 Bosch Kitchen was designed. With unrivaled European design, it's a kitchen designed around our mutual values. It's a kitchen designed around life, on your terms. The 2014 Bosch Kitchen, perfection in every detail. Step up to a Bosch Kitchen package of three or more appliances and get a 10% rebate. See the new Bosch Kitchen at your Bosch retailer. Hi, this is Iron Chef Cat Cora on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. And, you know, we do celebrate our pets because, well, we're the crazy ones. We're the ones that will do just about anything for our pets. And the unfortunate thing is that these little guys that give us unconditional love usually don't live longer than we do. And they, Well, except for the case of Gurney, who will live on 
How old is Gertie? Forever. Forever. <laughs> uh, you know, I it's, I don't I don't know. I, I lost track. Um, but pro- I'm going to say probably between 36 and 38. Right now. Right okay. now. And how long do those right birds now. live? 60, 70, 60, 70 years. Well, listen, they eat seeds and fruit and, and greens. I mean, if you ate seeds, fruit, and greens, you'd live forever, too. <laughs> okay, well. Same thing with my tortoise. I got a cicada tortoise. Oh, how long do they and, live? Well, Cecil right now is about 30 to 35 years old, and he could easily make it up to 75 or so. Wow. Okay, so do you guys have in your wills, have you provided for these animals? Yes, all Joey? of my animals. All of them. Okay. No, I, I, I look at it like this. You know, once I die, it's every man for himself. So, you know, it's every bird for himself once I die. <laughs> okay. So, well, don't worry. You know, it's funny because every, everyone wants her. Every, every, everybody wants Gurney when they see her and, until they spend a little time with her. <laughs> and um, they, they realize that, you know, birds aren't aren't as easy pets as you think. I mean, let's put it this way. I'd never get rid of her. Um, you know, she's my bird. But um, it, but um, she could be difficult at times, uh. like an unruly two-year-old. Well, for most of us, un- unfortunately, we don't deal with the the long-living animals, the cats and the dogs. I guess the bigger the dog is, the shorter the life. I know we'd wish they'd live longer. And we develop these unbelievable relationships with these animals, and then they're cut short. And it's always something where you know, if a relative of yours, a human relative, dies, and your animal dies. I get a little more upset over the animal, okay? That's just the way You're I am. You're closer with them. You spend every day with them. Relatives you don't see once a year, maybe. That's it. So I'm really glad to have this next guest, Margot Alquist, on. She has developed a kit. It's a pause-by-your-side kit, which will bring you back on your path to happiness after your animal has passed. How are you doing, Margot? I'm well. Thanks for having me on. So tell me a little bit about your kit and what's in it. So the kit... um includes 21 days of audio healing activities um, that I used actually to help me uh, when I lost my childhood dog, Marty, um, a few years back. There's also an accompanying workbook um, slash journal in it that goes along with the healing activities that you'll do. And then there is a healing bracelet, copper is very healing. So we've got a copper bracelet for the human and then a dog tag, which is um, a memorial tag that could be used for the animal that's passed. Or if you'd like, you could put it on the leash of a new pet that comes into your home. How did you come up with 21 days? Well, right. And I get this question a lot. By no means can any of us get over the loss of a pet in 21 days. It's It's impossible. But It takes 21 days to form a new habit or to form a new way of thinking. 21 days, you know, science has shown that. So um, that's why I picked the 21 days. It is not a cure-all in 21 days because it's not possible in grief takes us on all sorts of different journeys through life. Um, But 21 days, I figured, was a good starting point to sort of turn the tide, if you will, um, when you're going through grief. And it's a good tool and a good amount of time for if you're feeling kind of lost or kind of numb or depressed after losing an animal to get you back um, on a pathway to a normal life while you still continue to grieve. Mm. Tell me a little bit about the audio clips. Sure. Um, The audio clips are brief. They're about two minutes each, and they include instructions on, as I said, these healing activities. And we've got activities such as, you know, 
cooking yourself a nice meal, which I know may seem very simple, but when you're depressed and going through a tough time, it's that's something that's good to do for yourself. We also have activities such as how you want to memorialize your dog um, or your pet. Do you want to have a physical memorial, such as planting a tree, or would you like to maybe do an online memorial? So we uh, talk about that in the audio, and then it's followed up in the workbook. And we also do, um, we have all sorts of things, things about being sad, things about being angry. So that's all in the audio. The audio is sort of the thing that guides you, and then the workbook is the thing that brings it home for you. And there's guided questions in the workbook to help do that. I have one of these kits right here, and I'd like to go ahead and give this particular one away. If you're grieving over a pet that you've just lost, go ahead and give me a call now at one 405 8405 Is there a website where we can learn more about this? Absolutely. If you go to pause2talk.com, you will be able to find the kit there under our shop tab. Margo, thank you so much for what you've done and for coming on the show with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This is Danica McKellar, spokesperson for the 6th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks on Route 66. Presented by Fido Friendly Magazine and powered by Ford, the tour travels from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Thousands of dogs, puppies, kittens, and cats are in shelters around the country just waiting for their forever homes. To find out more, please visit FidoFriendly.com. Open your heart and home and adopt a shelter pet today. I did it myself two weeks ago, and our entire family is in love. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800 392 If you want to work until you drop, reduce your standard of living in retirement, or lose more of your hard-earned money in the stock market, then just ignore me. But if you'd like to generate a steady, predictable income, I'm talking real wealth and financial security for as long as you live, then listen to this. A free report is now available that reveals the money-making secrets Wall Street and the banks don't want you to know. It reveals how you can get guaranteed growth, safety, and wealth-building power without risking your money in the Wall Street casino. To get your free special report, visit bankonyourself.com. That's bankonyourself.com. Hey, guys, if you're into fantasy football, you've got to check out FanDuel.com. At FanDuel, you play in one-week fantasy football leagues for real money with immediate cash payouts. You only play when you want, and you can change your team any week. FanDuel's paying out over $10 million every week this season. And right now, FanDuel is giving you up to $200 free. That's right. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to $200. Just go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter code 7272. F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Code 7272. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Experts on rabies have come up with a plan to eliminate the disease for once and for all, but it needs a lot of funding and a ton of cooperation. It involves a program for mass vaccination of dogs in certain regions of the world where rabies is still common. 
Rabies is pretty rare in developed countries since we all routinely vaccinate our pets against it. But it kills nearly 70,000 people a year, just the same, mostly in parts of Africa and Asia. The global effort would cost hundreds of millions of dollars and need governments and health agencies to work together. Well, I think a lot of us have wanted a chimpanzee at one point as a pet. I know I have. And they are pretty much irresistible. But the first ever study done on how human interaction affects chimps shows that we are doing them more harm than good. The study was done by the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. It found that chimps raised during the first four years of their lives by humans suffer serious social and behavior problems when they get older if they're sent to a new home at a zoo or a sanctuary. They don't know basic chimp behaviors, and many don't seem to be able to learn them. And this is interesting. It is legal in most of the U.S. to have a chimp as a pet, even though they are endangered animals, and they can, of course, be quite dangerous when they become adults because they are so strong. Well, one pet groomer in Yekaterinburg, Russia, is doing more than just baths and haircuts. She's giving dogs and cats makeovers into creatures like mythical green dragons or cute yellow and black striped bumblebees. Daria Gotts says she only uses dyes made from botanical extracts that wear off once the animal's coats grow out. She says she's getting plenty of positive reactions from visitors to her grooming shop. I'm thinking maybe the cats and the dogs, though, aren't that crazy about it, although they do look pretty spectacular. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Suffering from allergy congestion. I was so stuffed up at the fall festival. I couldn't smell the apple cider or enjoy the hayride. Then I tried Allegra D. Allegra D decongests and depressurizes with a fast non-drowsy antihistamine plus a powerful decongestant. It starts working in one hour and lasts for 24 hours of congestion-free breathing. Now, fall is truly breathtaking again. Allegra D, defense against allergy congestion. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Use only as directed. Visit Allegra.com. If you want to work until you drop, reduce your standard of living in retirement or lose more of your hard-earned money in the stock market, then just ignore me. But if you'd like to generate a steady, predictable income, I'm talking real wealth and financial security for as long as you live, then listen to this. A free report is now available that reveals the money-making secrets Wall Street and the banks don't want you to know. It reveals how you can get guaranteed growth, safety, and wealth-building power without risking your money in the Wall Street casino. To get your free special report, visit bankonyourself.com. That's bankonyourself.com. Little Jack Horner sat in a corner of his ransacked apartment, wondering what kind of nitwit steals a futon. Luckily, the Geico Insurance Agency had helped him with renter's insurance, and he got full replacement. Unfortunately, Little Jack Horner had to have his stomach pumped when he ate a six-month-old Christmas pie. Visit Geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 to Dr. Debbie, dog father Joey Volani, or the, the whole Dream Team. We're all here for you. And this week on our Facebook Wacky Wednesday contest, and for your Wacky Wednesday pet pictures, what do we have, Miss Francis? We have from PetSafe the Drinkwell Pagoda Ceramic Fountain. Wow. This is awesome looking. It's actually shaped like a little pagoda. It's red. I love red. That's my favorite color. It's ceramic, which makes it so easy to clean. And it holds up to 70 ounces of water, and it keeps that filter going so your water is, like, oxygenated for your pets, and they love it. Okay. If you want to pick up on this, send us your Wacky Wednesday pet pictures over at Facebook at Animal Radio. And I believe last week... We had 11 contestants. So, I mean, there's pretty good odds. Oh, wow. I'm going to join then. I yes. Know. I want one of them. I know. I want this thing. This is awesome. Well, yes, absolutely. Sorry, none of you can play. Oh, uh, wait a minute. None of you two, at least. <laughs> That's not fair. Not eligible for how, how about family members? You no, know? sorry about that. Uh, yep, no. But you looking down at your radio right now, thinking about that one wacky Wednesday picture that would be a great submission, come on. Send it on in. Your voice at... AnimalRadio.com. Your voice at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, Pat. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good. Where are you coming from? Spokane, Washington. Spokane. Lovely Spokane. You're on with the doctor. Oh, thank you. Hi there. How are things going with you? Well, they're doing fine, except I uh, seem to have a little problem. I'm a parakeet lady, and I've had, this is my fifth one. Parakeet, did you say? Parakeet. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. uh, I, uh, the first one I had, I bought, well, somebody was, gave it to me in 1985, and he was a wonderful bird. He started to talk, and I taught him how to speak in uh, Hawaiian, English, Spanish, and French. <laughs> wow. And he That's had a-, a vocabulary of over 200 words, <laughs> and he said long sentences and always in context. Wow. A brilliant- That's better than hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Better than a lot of people I know. <laughs> Uh, he was a brilliant bird. I enjoyed him so much. He died um, after nine years. Oh. I had him for a while. Anyway, he spoiled me. So um, then I had three other little birds, and a couple of them would say a few words, and the rest of them were really dumbbells. They just wouldn't talk at all. And oh. I know it's the male that talks, and so I always get to him. Well, I bought one a little while ago, and um, I bought him about yeah. when he was about six weeks old. He was hand-fed. And so I thought I could put my hand in. Well, don't do that. <laughs> he was scared to death. <laughs> so I wasn't going to be groping all around, you know, and put the fear in him. So I've really relaxed on that. And uh, I talked to him. I say the same word many, many times. And uh, up to about a week ago, he's starting to twitter a little bit. He's very quiet, except when he's screaming. And that isn't very much. He's a pretty quiet bird. Mm-hmm. And, um, I bought a little bathtub because uh, he was uh, taking a bath in his drinking cup. So I put that in there, but I think he ignores that. And he fluttered okay. his wings a lot. All right, so he is picking up some, which you think are some vocalizations, and he's showing some, some attempts to do that then. I think so. It's very quiet, like he's whispering into the mirror. Okay. And are you just looking for some, some help and how to get him to that point where we can make him that uh, super talker? Well, I, I, I don't know if it was the bird or it was me or the combination. I Yeah, I wanted to talk. And I okay. was doing the same thing I was doing with the first bird, really mm-hmm. taking my time, you know. And 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, certainly, you know, just like with uh, people, there's different aptitudes for some different talents. You know, I'm not a super math whiz. I'm, I'm good at the spoken word and language. But for, for some birds, it's the same way. Some will be fabulous talkers. And um, your, your first bird, that is an amazing ability for a parakeet to speak because generally they're not overall the best speakers out there. Um, most parakeets may learn, you know, single words um, and simple phrases um, and then whistling and, and mimicking sounds such as that. They're not the super best speakers out there, but you are correct that male parakeets tend to be t- better talkers. And um, I guess the big things that we would always say is, you know, it sounds like you got him young. That's very important to get the, the birds young and to get them really bonded to the human in the home. Um, so it's very helpful if there's any kind of mirrors in the cage to actually remove those so that, you know, his focus is on you as a companion. Um, and then as far as my best recommendations for getting these little guys to talk um, is definitely if you can get him finger tame into where he really enjoys your physical company, that's great. Um, but I spend about 30 minutes a day, and I would just uh, focus your efforts maybe in the morning. That's when uh, we believe birds are most uh adaptable and like the little sponges of their brain working the best. Um, so spend that time every morning and I'd work on that and, uh, you know, give it time. You know, he may not be that super talker that your other friend was, but uh, well, he came you know, on, I, I think he, you can. He came on my hand about three times and he just liked the finger. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> <laughs> who does? Uh, yeah, it can be a little scary for some birds to actually just approach that pointy object that's you're sticking at them. So, yeah, sometimes the, the hand um, is a little bit easier. So, but lately he's not doing that even, so I'm thinking he's just young and takes time. I will take the mirror out, though. I thought he likes the mirror. He talks to himself all the time in this little mm-hmm. chirpy thing. You know? Yeah, but definitely you want that attention towards you. Right. So, yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with those efforts, and and I applaud you, boy. Your parakeet, your original one, that is an amazing talking ability. So I have recorded him too. Well, can you send us some? Can you send us some audio? I'd love to hear that. Well, he's got the radio in the background because he wouldn't talk. But when he knew I was looking at him or taping him, he wouldn't talk. <laughs> well, that's okay. Hold on a second. I'm going to put you on with Judy. We're going to see if we can get some of that audio. Okay. Okay. One We have Scott on the phone. Hi, Scott. Yes, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Very good. How can we help you? Well, um, my dog doesn't have very bad fleas. I'm a truck driver, but I'd like to keep what fleas I can off of her. Did you say very bad fleas? Is that like being a little bit pregnant? <laughs> she, she, she does not have a very intensive infestation. Matter of fact, I've never actually found a flea on her, but I found okay. flea leaving. Oh. So, but um, I tried the front line. Because I know okay. flea collars don't work where they're deadly. Okay. And she had a severe allergic reaction, and we almost lost her. Holy cow. So, she, so you're probably looking for some alternatives, I'm assuming, things that you don't put on the skin. Is that correct? Exactly. Alrighty. Um, and the, I guess the important thing that we got to talk about is that even if you only see the occasional flea, we got to remember that they only spend a very, very short period of time on the pet. In your cab, you may very well have the flea eggs and other immature um, fleas I've in your never environment. Been they may prefer her, <laughs> but it's very easy for these little suckers to jump off into, you know, in other environments. So, but yeah, if you are traveling, you got to be prepared. There's always that potential for fleas. Um, plus, we also want to keep our babies comfortable because, you know, a lot of dogs 
fleas can scratch the bejesus out of them. So one little flea bite really can set off that itch cycle for many weeks. So if we can't go the topical route, um, some of the old standbys um, where we use flea combs and um, vacuuming um, the immediate environment, that is very helpful. So then we might be looking at more of these um, the oral forms of flea control, and they can have a very quick kill time on a lot of the fleas, and uh, it can be a way that we can try to treat her without um, going with that topical route if that's just um, you know not a not a plus for her. Um, so yeah, there are some pills. Um, there's different brands. Um, there's one called Capstar, Comfortis, which I can never say that right. Um, Program and Sentinel. All of those are oral forms. They may have different mechanisms how they work. Some are actually what we kind of call birth control for fleas, so the immature fleas can't reproduce and can't develop. And other ones will be actually a quick kill, so they actually kill the fleas that are on the pet at that time. So that might be something. So you know, and you've got a sensitive kid there, so um, you know, I would make sure that we work with your veterinarian on that, so we can find one that we have the best success and the least concerns of any kind of a upset tummy or anything like that. I appreciate that. My, you know, my sister said I should look into the the pills too. Yeah, and just because a pet has a has a sensitivity with one medicine doesn't mean it's going to happen with everyone. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Would you give your pet CPR if they needed it? Muzzle to muzzle? Well, a survey says you would, certainly. I would. Mouth to snout, I would. I've actually seen... I sure hope so. I I would hope most of our listeners would do that. I would think, yeah, you wouldn't think about it twice if you're an animal radio listener. Uh, I've seen you, Judy, jump out in front of a car to save your dog. Yeah, Uh, she was so little and she got out in traffic and they couldn't see her, so I went out there and held up traffic until I got her out of the road. Well, this new Associated Press survey says we'd give our animals muzzle to muzzle if we needed to, and that 58% of us know how to. I've been in this business for a while. I would like to think that I knew how to, but I don't know. I know. We're guilty. We'll have to do a quick lesson here. Is it, is it different than humans, Doc? You know, it's basically the similar concept, um, but instead of mouth-to-mouth, we're doing mouth-to-snout. So that's the difference. You want to keep the mouth closed, and you uh, want to um, make sure you're directing that right into the nose. Okay. This is something that I understand the Red Cross, your local chapter, has lessons if you want to learn a little yeah, more about that. classes. We'll put some information up at the website at uh, AnimalRadio.com. Which one are we going to, Judy? We're going to line two. Hi, Brad. How are you? Hi, good. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, Dr. Debbie. Well, hi. How are you today? We have a uh, yellow lab. Uh, he'll be two years old in December, and uh-huh. uh, he's eating his own stool. Every morning we'll let him out and uh, bring him back in. You know, he goes to the bathroom before he eats, and when he gets done eating, he'll run right back out and eat the pile, you know, as soon as he wow. lets back <laughs> Maybe he's into recycling or just trying to save you some money. <laughs> he's he a is. green dog. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, is that sanitary? If he comes back in, he licks you or whatever, you know, I mean, health problems, anything mm-hmm. like that, what can we do? Well, I mean, it's basically a really nasty habit. So, um, But there could be some concerns if, yes, if he's eating his feces and then he's coming over and kissing you in the face, there's the potential for passing um, parasites to people that way. Um, I'd say the first thing we'd want to really work on is some of the motivation for why dogs do this. And it's a great question because we always think that it's a distasteful thing, but dog 
poop, for some reason, is immensely attractive to, uh, to dogs to eat. Um, it comes from a, like a basic habit that they pick up from their mom when they're little. Um, so we want to intervene with that um, and try to not make it a game. So if you catch them in the act, we're not going to necessarily make a big deal about it and try to um, correct him. We're going to try to redirect that behavior and that attention to something else. So we want to pick up the poop right away. Um, and you also want to um, try to limit his time outside. When he's outdoors, you want to keep him under close observation. So keep him on a leash. Um, keep him close and supervise that potty activity. Some folks have some good results with things like um, cayenne pepper um, or dressing the stool with something really foul tasting, as if poop you didn't think <laughs> tasted bad enough. Um, those things may help for some pets. Um, but for others, I'll actually use products called uh, Forbid, Deter. They're basically types of um, supplements that you put into the pet's food that imparts a bad taste to the poop as it comes out the back away. So um, those are very useful. Um, you just have to be vigilant about that. Um, but really, the big thing is when you catch him in the act, we're not going to yell at him because he's okay. going to pick up that turd and oh. run the other way with it and it's going to oh. become a huge game. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to turn it into but a game. Exactly. We don't want that. And then also want to make sure that you've got, Brad, that you've got your baby on a good deworming program. Um, so if he's not already on a monthly heartworm preventative that has a deworming in it, you want to um, make sure he's getting that done. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Larry Codman. Sorry, Larry Blackman. Being bitten in the codpiece. <laughs> By his dog. Wow, Hal. That's where yeah. you went with that, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, Larry Blackman has a bunch of... Uh, well, he has pit bulls, and he has uh, all kinds mm-hmm. of dogs, and a mm-hmm. few turtles. Not a lot of people know he has turtles and flamingos, just wow. in case. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of stuff you learn here right on Animal Radio, right out of my mouth. Nowhere else. Let's see. Let's uh, check in with Susan Sims. She is live in Chicago for the 6th Annual Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. How you doing, Susan? Oh, we're doing great. It's uh, been a whirlwind, as you know, and uh, we always love coming to the Windy City, and Paw Chicago is our favorite place to do. We, we feel like we're on our way home after this. So you're adopting out animals out there today, and that's at 1997 North Clyburn Avenue in Chicago, Paws, Chicago. You'll be there till 4 p.m. today. How many animals do you think you've adopted out so far? Gosh, we're over 200, Hal, and I have to tell you what's really fun about Paws, Chicago. If people haven't come by here before, um, they have a state-of-an-art facility. It's just fabulous, and the kitty rooms are my favorite, and the little kitties have windows that look out to the street. And so they get to see the world um, going by. And, and then the handlers come in, the people that, that dedicate their time just to volunteer. And they'll come and sit in the rocking chairs, and they rock these little kitties. It's just it's just a, the sweetest place. So even if you're not going to adopt, you can come out here and help take care of kitties and dogs. You also have a lot of fun out there when you do these things. You have uh, prizes and all kinds of... Spinning wheels. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think we hit on something a few years ago because we want to make adoption fun too and it's a, it's you know it's a very important fact of your life once you adopt your new forever friend your your lives are forever changed so we try and get them started off on the right track so we bring a ginormous spinning wheel with this 
we have about 20 products this year from generous sponsors. You know, we I can't tell you how wonderful it's been. We have all kinds of dog treats and products, and people donate $2 or more. They spin the wheel, and whatever they land on, they receive that product. So it benefits the shelter because it raises money for them, and then everyone walks away with a goodie bag. So it's a win-win. Yeah, to love it. Okay, so if you're brand new listening to Animal Radio, say this is your first week. This is Susan Sims. She's with Fido Friendly Magazine, the publisher, top dog over there, in fact. And this is the sixth time, the sixth annual adoption tour where we go along Route 66 from L.A. to, uh, well, Chicago is pretty much where it ends there, but you have a few more dates that you're going to take care of. Today you're at Paw Chicago, but tomorrow you're at PetSmart at 3183 South Veterans Parkway in Springfield, Illinois. Kansas City next weekend at Way- with the Wayside Waifs. I love that. And that's on Truman Road. All the addresses, all the information over at GetYourLicks.com. And then on Sunday of next week, you're also going to be at Kansas City, Kansas at the Great Plains SPCA. So you're working your way across the country there, adopting animals. Come see us. Come find a forever friend and, and meet Susan Sims. Hey, Richard. How you doing? Pretty good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Miles, Iowa. How can we help you? Well, our dog has... Dogs. Has what? I said dogs. Well, dogs. Have what? Here, you talk with that. Oh, yeah. They got stuff in their ear. Crusty and okay. when, you yell, when you touch your ear. Uh, my wife says it's crusty looking. Is it white or black or green? It's like little white lumps. Little white lumps. Okay. And it's crusty. And it's crusty. And the dog yelps with you. And the dog... Like yelps just a little if you touch okay. your ear. Now you you mentioned you have more than one dog and and they both have the same problem. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's a little problematic for me because in general, when we talk about ear problems in dogs, there's not a lot of things that are really contagious. And if, if I'm from Vegas, so if I'm going to put my gambling chips on the line, um, I'm going to say it's a little unusual to have something in both dogs that isn't contagious. So the number one thing I'd really go looking for is ear mites, um, which are a contagious parasite that can cause ear problems, uh, a lot of itchiness, discomfort, uh, very scratchy pets when they have that. Um, but there are other things, and we look at anything from infections of yeast, bacteria, to little foxtails, those little plant org- um, plant parts that work their way in the ears. So if both pets are in the same environment, yeah, I guess they could get those. But I, I really want to check out your pets and see if they might have something like ear mites. And, and that's something easily done. Uh, you walk into uh-huh. your local veterinary office and you ask them to take a sample of that and look at it under the microscope. And, oh, cool stuff moves around when we find ear mites. Um, uh-huh. So it, if it is something like that, it they're, is very they're treatable. Much, they're pretty much indoor dogs. You know, we just let them out to go to the bathroom, and, and they're chained up. It's not like they run through any fields or, mm-hmm. you know, they're running all over the place. Okay. And usually for something like ear mites, it is contagious between pets. So if there's a new animal in the home, whether it's a rabbit, a cat, or a dog, if they're sharing the same environment, um, then that could be contagious. Now, if they're not running at large and they don't really have contact with other pets, oh, you know, maybe it's less likely. But either which way, the number one thing I'm going to want to, to have to help answer this question is, is really to get a sample of that and look under a microscope. Um, cause that's really the heart of where we start with these type of problems. I could list a million products 
to have you go purchase and put in your pet's ear, but it'll be just as worthless as flesh in the toilet. So um, the number one thing is really for any pet with an ear problem um, to really get a good direction and a diagnosis. And uh-huh. that is the biggest problem and the biggest uh, reason why a lot of pets' ear infections don't get effectively treated because we kind of home treat or we go over to the local pet store and we pick something off the shelf and we try to see if that will do the trick. But um, uh, I really can't advocate enough that we get at least one of these babies to the vet, but I would preferably get both of them over there. Okay. Thanks for your call, Richard. Good luck with that. Let us know if you need a follow-up. Well, there you go. It has just flown by once again. I want to thank uh, Elizabeth Forsberg. Thank you so much. Margot Alquist and Susan checking in from Chicago. Uh, don't forget, you can download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and listen to the show whenever you want. Listen to past shows and even ask your questions about your pet right from the app. And I encourage you to check out Dr. Debbie's books, of course. Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, a really a true guardian's manual for these uh, particular breeds. They're over at Amazon, and of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.